Recorded live at the Hawk's Nest on the summit in Pataskala, Ohio. This is Garage Days, underproduced and over the top. I'm your host, Arch Madness. Uh, The next two weeks, they are booked. So next April, or excuse me, next Friday, April 8th, Will Shannon is this cat's name. He's the owner of Cooters in Eagle Pass, Texas. Now, he's going to be calling the Hawk's Nest. His bar bucks, uh, actually books a ton of cool 80s hard rock and metal bands. And he comes highly recommended by Beasley, who we had on a few weeks ago from the Enough's Enough camp. Uh, so we've had bar owners, club owners, promoters on the show and out here in the garage. I thought it'd be kind of cool to hear from somebody all the way in Texas. And you know, any like-minded 80s rocker is always welcome on the show. Then Friday, April 15th, it's the Welcome Back Bob episode. I can't wait to tell my guest who, uh, who Bob actually is, and we'll have to get you back out here when Bob's here. Okay. Flight Pattern Bob is going to be back from Florida, making sure that we know where the planes that are flying overhead are coming from, and he's a, he's a hell of a bartender, too. Uh, scheduled to appear on that show, Anthony Clay and the boys from Green 13, uh, the Gypsy Kings, Kevin Young, Heartland, Night Ranger, John, and Dwayne. We still, we got a buddy named Dwayne. We still don't have a, we've got to figure out a nickname for him. Night Train, Dwayne, is just, it's too close to Night Ranger, John, it confuses me. Tommy McCullough says it should be Dwayne the Rock. Uh, insane in the Mem Dwayne has also been <laughs> suggested. Uh, that's a little wordy, but we'll decide when Bob gets back. Anyway, it's going to be a packed garage, and I still have a few invites to throw out uh, to some other buds. On this week's episode, now I'll have the Gimme Five, and we'll also do the rehash segment, which I think you guys are going to absolutely dig this week. But joining me in the Hawks Nest, probably my most frequent guest on the old vinyl analysis show. So it's really cool to finally get him out here in the garage. So many of you listening will remember him from his shock two days, uh, but he is the guitarist for Shuck and Bubba, an absolute Columbus rock legend, the one and only Rick Soga. Soga, what's up, man? Hey, buddy. I made it. Welcome to the Hawk's Nest. I love it. What do you think of yeah, this? You people should see this. This is great. <laughs> this should be this should be on don't, camera. Right. Don't well, don't describe it too much, yeah. Soga. But yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, it yeah. should be. Uh, yes, should we're, be we're filmed. We uh, we actually have thought about getting a couple of the mini cams and the tribe and doing yeah. something yeah. out here just where people can kind of. Get the vibe. Get the vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is. It's a and and uh, I hope you enjoy your uh, Bob Seeger. Oh, yeah. uh, yes, your Bob Seeger koozie. Everybody appearing in the Hawks Nest gets a Bob Seeger American Storm a koozie. So yeah, I love that. That's that's, that's Chatfield's old old band. So yeah, it's got a right? Ohio connection. With right. Seeger. I got to get him out here as well. Man. I will make sure he gets out here. I got to get him on the air. So so let's let's. A lot to cover. Yeah. A lot to cover. I told you about the Gimme Five. I sent you some of those stories last night. Excited. Isn't They're it crazy? Excellent. Always something happening in the world of hard rock. Okay? Unbelievable. And now here comes a plane. Okay, yeah, now do you hear it? Now we're on. So he'll be able to tell you. So Bob has an app, all right? And he's this retired snowbird. He's the one that built this, oh, that's our bars for us, our garage yeah. bars. And Bob's just, he's, he's just salt of the earth. One of the best dudes ever. And Bob sits over there on the couch and he's got this app. And he'll tell you where that plane is coming from. Okay. Wow. He also in this this app, he's got it updated. He'll tell you how many hot chicks are on <laughs> that that plane. And he has a I theme like song. Do you want to hear his theme song? Yeah, it's let's it's hear close it. enough that I can go ahead and play the theme song now. So check this out. Anthony Clay was out here from from Green Thirteen yeah, yeah. one time, and he's like, Bob, you need a theme song. So whenever someone hears a plane, it's so funny. Like everybody stops. What it could be the most intense 
story ever. Everybody stops, and then it's... Here he comes, oh yeah, it's fly pattern Bob. <laughs> and then Bob tells us, he tells us, well, where's that from? Oh, that's from Chicago. There are 30 people on it. And wow, yeah, that's Four great. are hot chicks. <laughs> so it's a very thorough app, as we like to say. So uh, before we get into Shuck and Bubba and some other things that I want to talk about uh, with you, uh, and you came on QFM 96 with me and, and told this story, and I would, like I said, man, a lot of people will remember you as far as from the shock two days, mm-hmm. and you lost one of the all-time greats as far as that whole 80s rock scene, and that's Joey C. Jones. And if you could, and you know, you don't have to get into too much detail, but I kind of want to document it, though, mm-hmm. here on, on this, and this is something that, that people can always kind of go back to and listen to. Talk about, Joey, I mean, your history as friends, bandmates. For those who might not know the story, Tell us about Joey, man. Well, I mean, God, I was like a senior in high school and I was looking into doing a band. I was thinking about what I was going to do for a living and school wise and all that. And then Joey had moved into Columbus and I was playing guitar. I was already, I was playing with a couple, you know, different bands and stuff like that. And then uh, we had this talent show that was going to happen. And then I had met Joey and he was like the Joe Elliott. Right, uh, like Def Leppard at the yeah. time, like was yeah. such a cool band at the time, and so I was just like this this guy, you know, we gotta, you know, I, I how he we get this guy he to had do our it. gig? He had it. So, so yeah, and so we had the high school talent show. I had talked this guy that was few years older than me to actually come in and do it and we did a, i think we did like a motley crew and we did oh god oh we did a, a billy idol and a couple motley crew songs and just rocked the house with him and right. it was it was great and he did it without practice he goes you guys just learn it and and at the time i i you know, when I think back at it, it's like, I can't believe that we did that because we didn't even practice with him. He just came in and did it live in front of the whole school <laughs> talent contest. And it was right. in the evening. At that time, the talent right. contest was like 7 o'clock at night. And it ran from like 7 to 9.30. So anyway, so Joey was just, he, we're worried if he's going to show up where these high school kids, you know. And, <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, we had our little our rock outfits on and everything. And You're ready to go. We we're ready to go. Joey comes, gets a ride. He never drove. So he's like, he gets a ride, pulls and we just, he's like, you guys got the song list of what we're going to do. Yep, these are the three. This is the list. Let's do this. Boom. So we did it. Anyways, jump cut. Like, I'll just, I'll just go quickly jump cut to like, what, like maybe a couple weeks ago. Somebody posted that video on YouTube. No way. That's out there? Yeah. Oh, check yeah. that out, and it's folks. Look for that. And it's, it's crazy. And he's that good back then. He was that good did back then. You guys do Livewire? That was we kind did, of a staple. Yeah, that did. was a staple in yeah. the... In the uh, Looks at Kill, oh, Livewire, yeah. and then uh, uh, Billy Idol. Uh, always great. So, yeah. so you did the talent contest. So when does he go out and, and do the whole Sweet Savage thing? So then... And right after that, that's when he formed Sweet Savage. Oh, I, wow. I got him. I got him in <laughs> to play with him before he hit Sweet Savage. He was already friends with Chris, and Chris and Lane were the brothers that were in the band. And right. they, he was already he grew up with them in, in Athens, so they had their idea what they were going to do. So you know, he shows up, and you know, the next time I you know start seeing him, he's got the bleach blonde hair, and then Chris's hair is blonde, and everybody's starting to get this look together. And then they started, they got the band together, and they moved to Texas. And then they moved to Dallas, and I didn't see Joey for quite a while. But he would—he was always nice. I would call him and tell him that you know, I was like, hey, you know, talk to him about whatever. And then he would just take whatever time it was to just to kind of talk to me about the music scene and what was going on. Is you got to get to Dallas, you know? And then I was afraid to move, and I was like, I didn't know if what you know what I was right. going to do. And he's like, you got to get out there. I was just like, 
And so I got I got a band of my own and we started playing and and it was the early incarnation of Shock Two, which was very successful. We did really well, and uh, so he invited us to Texas and said, "Why don't you just do shows with Sweet Savage and and wow. go play?" And uh, so we did, and then finally he did, they did the recording. They did that that record with Dana right. Strum, and I didn't know who Dana Strum was, um, but he was kind enough to let me. You know, we I went to the studio every day with those guys, and I got to learn all the. You know, right. I just like he would teach me. I'd say, well, you know, how how do you do this? But then Dana Strum was like, I mean, he was a he was a cocksure guy. I mean, he knew what well, he yeah. wanted, and he was a great. Yeah. But it was talk just, about an eye for talent too, just, right? Some of the some of the greats. Yeah, I mean, it's it starts and ends with Randy Rhodes, Randy right? Rhodes, and how yeah. he did that whole thing with and he Ozzie. did all that, that yeah that searching for Ozzy and he was just a great guy he was really I was such a punk I was asking such stupid questions but he was so tolerant and so cool and he took the time and talked to me and it was just like going man this is awesome they finished the record up and I thought for sure they were going to be rock stars. I just, right. you know, I was like, well, you're on your way, buddy. I mean, it's going to happen. And I just, it was just so strange how just things just didn't, right. it, it just didn't happen. I don't know how it didn't, but it didn't. And, and and I it did the same thing with our career. We had, you know, we had, we had, we had gotten a deal and. Uh, yeah, uh, tell the folks that because I, I do want to, like I said, I want to document this for Garage Days as well. So you do sign a deal. And the whole thing with, with Shock 2 that was, and, and you can tell the story about who, who who signed you and all that stuff. But it's like it was was it the producer, and that's something I always I read about. That was where is that where yeah. it kind of got yeah. weird was figuring out who was going to be the producer for that that Shock Two record with Joey, right? Yeah. So uh, we had okay. So Tom Worman was the producer that was what that came out the CS play. Okay. We had didn't have a deal yet, but Worman came out the CS play. Because, and Worman was, you know, Motley Crue. He was, I mean, he did all these yeah, big albums back yeah. in the day. And uh, he, I think he was even an engineer on some Hendrix records and, and you know, just the whole nine. He was, right. guy was total pro. But uh, he came out because our manager at the time was Marshall Burrell, who had, who had signed Van Halen. People and, who are listening and, to this know exactly yeah. him and, and what he did. And yeah. Rat, too. Absolutely. And so he was like, you know, you guys are going to be my triple crown. You guys are going to be the ones. You know, this the Shock 2 is going to be the next, my next Van Halen, you know. But I would like, you know, I would always pull uh, Marshall aside and I'd ask him for Van Halen stories, you know. And he's like, that <laughs> bastard three. You know, cause, because uh, they, had a, they had a signed deal. And um, so... Uh, when it came wow. time for the record deal and everything, um, uh, David Lee Roth broke into, this is the rumor, David Lee Roth broke into his offices and stole the, the contract. So they were, they were, they were, man, they had no manager at that time. And he's like, he's like, David Lee Roth, he fucked me, you know. But no way. <laughs> yeah. He literally, th that was the story was that he. And then Noel Monk came in on that Monk after that? Monk came in as a state, I think he was more of a stage manager than right. a manager. Right, a manager manager. They never were managed. They were self-managed um, through that time. And Burl was like, they screwed me. I got, you know. So where did you and Joey and the guys, where did you record that, that Shock 2 record then? Where did you record so, that? Oh, so we did that in Milwaukee with, uh, okay, so what happened was is that we did, uh, Worman was talking because Worman had done Cheap Trick. Right. He had done uh, their records. So they were on the, like Cheap Trick was just after the flame came out. So they were huge. Oh, yeah. And so Rick Nielsen heard from Worman. He goes, I got this young band I'm going to be doing with Burl and blah, blah, blah. So Nelson stepped in and said, "I want. I would like to come check the band out." So he came out to Houston to see us play, and uh, 
and Billy Squire was there. Holy was cow, weird. dude. Really? It was weird. I got pictures to document it and everything. Right on. So Billy Squire, he just got done playing. He heard about the band was hip and there was going to be a lot of people there. And it, he showed up. Nielsen was there. The people from ZZ Top. This is in Houston. We're there. And so we're like, this is weird. We're there. Right. We're gonna yeah. make so Rick Nielsen just threw his hat in the ring. He said, I wanna I wanna do your record. I've got a song that I wrote that I, I want you guys to do. And this is right after that. So uh, the 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 thing we should have done, we should have should have went with Warman because he was a, a right. proven producer that had platinum albums behind him. And Nielsen had never produced any bands. He not even himself. They hadn't even self-produced at that point. They were always, you know, they were always a major production right. on their record. So we took the chance and we went, we, we did a, we did a quick, uh, we did like a couple practices, uh, pre-production stuff, showed him some of our songs. Right. And, uh, he was just like, man, I want to, you know, I want to do this record and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I'll take less points on the deal and I'll take, you know, you don't, you can pay me this much money and, you know, on the record deal, but I don't want any back end. and you guys can, you know, just really sweeten the pot and, and so we were like, you know, this is my, one of my heroes. Right. I mean, what is Rick Nielsen, dude? crazy and you know I, I was like on top of it being rick nelson there was robin zander was in on the mix too because zander was like i'll help you know he's <laughs> like if i can help i'll sing back up and this and, and robin zander's Damn. like the sweetest guy he's yeah. like all those guys in cheap trick are super cool so, man so cool from everything oh, you read and, and the guy the times i've interviewed them they've just been first class yeah yeah they're they're well you know they've got that mentality because they're they're from that you know mm -hmm. that wisconsin area well, yeah you know? man they're midwest guys they're rockford yeah i mean and, they're midwest guys we really, we, we, you know, we really got along well. Um, uh, Rick was, Rick was, it was just, it was working with the guitar player was difficult for me. Right. No, I've got my neighbors are hopping in here. They want to listen to a little bit. So go ahead. No. So, so Nielsen's working on the record. Yeah. And it was weird because, you know, he was a guitar player. So, you know, he, he, at that time, you know, like all the bands that were out, like White Lion and, and, and uh, Van Halen and all these bands who had these guitar slingers. And he was just this rock and roll guitar player that, right. you know, played, you know, uh, these had these great riffs, but he was never a, a virtuoso no. or soloist. He was a songwriter. And so he was very cautious about like, uh, proving to me that, you know, uh, I can, Damn. I can hang with the rest of these right. guys as well. So I remember I was like, like wanting to hear, get a certain guitar sound. And I was talking to him and I was like, I really like the guitar sound on this record or that rec record. He'd call these people up and I would be talking, I'd be on the phone with Vito Brada or, uh, or we were doing some acoustic stuff. And then, um, uh, 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 Graham Nash. We started talking to Graham Nash on the phone and he's talking about, Oh, we'll use this, you know, this acoustic. And, and so then, you know, we, we started talking about different guitars and stuff. And then Rick brought in this guitar for me to play. And it was his Telecaster. And it my was, goodness. It Soga. was, it was, um, it was John Lennon's telly. Yeah. Good. Yeah. He was John Lennon's telly. So I'm going, oh, I can't, I right. can't do this. And he was, he was just like, it's, it's cool. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, but it was, it, now you look back at it, you're like, oh my God. But as back then, I was just like, Wait, this is just kind of. So, I mean, and, and, and Joey had to, like, to have Robin oh, there. I mean, oh, that, was that was probably something. heaven for him. And, and honestly, you, you, you talk about some of the guys that were on the scene at that point were huge Joey fans as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, that's how influential he was to everything. It just seemed like that was the moment. That, that was. 
how how could that fail? You know, that's what a to capture that all right then and there, Soga. It was it was crazy because damn, um, we would do a song and then he would he would say, well, here's how I want you to hit the note, and he would sing it. And Joey's just like, you know how that sometimes you just go, I just I don't. I, don't, I can't hear what you're saying. Right. And then he would go, no, I want you to do this. And it was like a minor note. And you know, I want you to play a minor here on this one. Every one of these are the same. They're major, but they'll just want to do a minor. And Joey's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And then Robin was like, go ahead and hit it. And then Robin yeah. put the headphones on and just nail it. And we just all go, oh, just dying. Cause he was just so good. And, and so we're like, can you sing like, you know, can you sing like uh, back up or do some parts on every one of these right. songs? And he was just like, ah, it's not my record. I can't even imagine what that's like. And how old are you guys at that point? Oh, now, you, now Joey's a couple years older than yeah. you guys, but you're what uh, early twenties, uh, mid, mid twenties, close to 30. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good it was, Lord, it, man. It was crazy. And then, and then, you know, we got done doing, we, we, you know, we're doing the records, stuff like that. And Janie Lane is, is, right. you know, he's like talking to us about what, you know, what are you guys going to be doing and blah, blah, blah. And when are you guys going to be playing? And, and, uh, we'll see you guys in Dallas and end up, you know, having Poison and, and, right. uh, and, uh, Warrant playing a show together. And they're like, we're coming to see, we're going to come out and have, gonna, we're going right. to be on stage with you guys. So I, you know, I've got pictures of those shows too. And, and Joey just hung like it literally, I, I've had Janie just say, I'll play drums, man. You sing like Joe, you're right. Fucking great. Go ahead. The, sing. Yeah. Yeah. He was just, that's amazing. So nice. Those guys are just they're all Midwesterners too. I mean, exactly. Brett was that way exactly. too. Exactly. Brett I mean, he's a Pennsylvania kid. You think about like Pennsylvania, yeah. Ohio. Talk about uh, worker. It, it, I mean, yeah. yeah, man. These guys are hard workers. Yeah, man. man. That whole Rust Belt as far as like guys that, I mean, that work ethic. I mean, a lot of the guys, well, they were following their dream and just going out West, yeah. of yeah. course. But think about all the... All the Big Ten states that yeah. were oh. a part of well, you know, like, right? I, I remember Think when I was, it, I was with the gods, and we did the, they did the record uh, Mongolians, and we were out there to tour and to try right. to get a major label. We wanted to get a major label, so we were doing all these shows. And I remember running into Axl Rose, and everybody was so cautious and afraid of Axl Rose. He had this 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 vibe about right. him, and this was before uh, Indiana. Had come it's out. an Indiana kid, right? And, and and here I am. I got this. I got. Uh, I, I I see him. He's wearing a Ohio State. Sure. No way. And and I, I walk in there and I go, and I don't know any better. I'm just a kid in LA. And we're, this is back with the flyers and the kids with the yeah. hair and all that stuff. And, and I walk over there and I, I go, and they were like, oh, it's Axel, Axel. Everybody's Axel, Axel. There's that Axel. album's going to be great. And then Axel. And so I just walk right up to him. I go, high state, you know? And then he was, he was like, going, yeah. He goes, where are you from? I go, I'm from Columbus. I'm a, I'm a Buckeye. And he's just like, Indiana. We started talking about football and, and Midwest and people were like, well, what were you guys talking? Like they thought we were having this deep conversation, but we're just wow. bullshitting about being from the Midwest the and Midwest missing boys. it. He had been missing it and growing up here and, it wow. was, it was, it what was a crazy. moment, what a moment in time. Yeah. And but you know, those are the things that you don't even think about. Like when you're now you go, I don't want to bother him or I don't want right. to back then. It just was just, I don't know. It was you're a just part so of innocent. the scene and it was, but, yeah, no one really knew what was going to happen, right? right? Oh my God, the buzz though—the buzz was so big for Guns N' Roses. I mean, it, right. like even in on the club level, I remember going mm -hmm. out there and people were just like, "Oh, you know." Yeah, like, well, Michael Hannon has told me that story about yeah. when you know when Salty Dog went out to record their stuff and they ran into Axel and everything, and how you just knew there's a vibe. It was that was. I mean, up until the grunge, I mean, that was the movement. Yeah, that was the movement. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it, and there was a plenty of bands after that that tried to do absolutely. that stuff, and it didn't. It, it did fell yeah, short yeah, without yeah, a doubt. Yeah. Um, 
and Joey, let, let's uh, let's put a bow on on, yeah. on, the, on the shock too because I, go ahead and just talk about that. I mean, he uh, go ahead and talk about Joey and your last. You know, I know you when we had Chad Stewart on with you yeah, yeah. talking about that going back to Dallas doing that final show. How how long are we talking here? When did you guys all know that like he was in a bad way? But he yeah. he had fought cancer for a long time, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So what six six years ago uh he had we had talked and and they had a thing in Dallas of what bands would you like to see um regroup, right. you know? And so people just all these people put, you know, ballots or they emailed in and they were like, well, I'd love to see this band reform. So the idea was they were going to have this club, which was like more like a, a mini arena. It was kind of like double the, well, it was like the, 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 um, the LC. Right. So, so it was like that, that size or, uh, so anyway, they had, they were going to have it there and they were going to have the top three bands that were got the most votes. So shock two was on that, that list. Solinger was, was one of the, oh, wow. one of the acts yeah. too. So they put together this concert and it was at this, you know, this big venue and Joey called me and goes, dude, we got, you know, thrown together right. this net. So I called my buddy, Jim Miller is my, ba- my, like my best friend, bass player, just, just extraordinary guy, love him. And I was like, well, I gotta beg you, please, you gotta do this show. I mean, I wanna go play and, and we'll be in Dallas and it'll be great. And he was just like sold. And so we put the band together and we walked into that place and it was just, it's, it, it, it was, it's called the Gas Monkey. And, and, uh, right, I've heard of that. The, the band probably that from you, up, maybe, the band but I've heard, I've heard up like, the gas monkey was Motley Crue. Okay, That's well, there you go. Played there you that go. Place. Well, there so you we go. That's where that, I've heard it. There. We I know I've heard into it. that place, and I was just like, I go, You guys got the wrong band. Like, we're not going to be able to fill this place. It's not going to happen. They're like, No, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. We know. We saw how many people had put the ballots in, and somebody, it's going to be fine. And uh, boom. So they had these huge. Yeah, it's on. It's that's a YouTube video that's played quite a bit. It's like you look up Shock Two Gas Monkey, and it's it's fa- it's it, it's awesome. So yeah, John and Johnny Solinger was was uh, was there, and and uh, we got to do the show, and that's how we got back together. Joey was not ill at that point; he okay. was okay. And um, but you know, I I you know, looking back at things, you could see he was complaining about certain things, you right. know, about right. stomach and and being tired, and and. Uh, Anyway, so then we we stopped. We we did that. It was like that was pretty fantastic. Right. So we booked the one in Columbus, and we did Columbus. I remember show. that. I remember that. That was a sellout. That. It was great. We were happy. And then I said, "Well, just you know, just let us do our own thing." And I did other. I did my Bubba gig and and did my thing. And I was like, "Oh, we got plenty of time to do more shows." And then Joey's like, "I got a gig in December and back in Dallas." And Damn. it was like, "We go, we did it again." Right. And then that's when he was ill. And that's was the time where we were all going, well, we don't know how much time we have on the clock. So we'll just kind of, kind of play it by ear on how he feels. And, and, um, man, the guy was just, it was a workhorse and he just, he loved it. He just lived for it. Rick and, and the outpouring and, and the, but the people, that? the people, I mean, we're talking serious heavy, heavyweights in the industry yeah. who really admired his work and your guys's work and yeah. just, it was yeah. cool, man. It was just wow. You know, that it, means it meant something. It, it really re- meant yeah. it meant something. Yeah, and, and you know, with with you guys reaching out, with Q reaching out, it was like oh my god, uh, all my friends in Dallas were like, "This is amazing." And you know, we we not on top of that, but I mean, I get I get it to you know, it's only been a few weeks, but I still get emails. I get texts from people from all over the world, right, right. literally from all over, and they're you know expressing how they feel and this and that, you know, and, it, and it's like, 
the guy had an impact, you know. Yeah. He just definitely lived the, he walked the walk. <laughs> he definitely walked the walk. Well, and and once again, you said something uh, on the air, and I think it should be said again. Uh, get screened, get tested. Yeah. And, and yeah. that was something that people, if you saw the Facebook posts and either on yours or QFM's, everyone was like, thank you for getting that message yeah. out. So yeah. good. It really so, was. It was important because his daughter, she's a beautiful kid and she's such a strong person. And, and uh, she just said, my dad didn't go. He right. didn't. He could have. It could have been prevented. Yeah, it definitely could have been. Uh, and, and I told you this at the Wolfgang and Dirty Honey show. I'm going to tell you again. This will be the first time we've ever really made the announcement. But we are going to play Shock 2 Summer Song at 420 during the haircut. The first that Once the first day of summer hits, That's the awesome. closest that, that, that day is. That's what we're going to do. We're going to play that song. We got so much feedback when we oh. played that and how it just sent people down memory lane and what it meant. And something that Dorsey, uh, our program director, and I were talking about, how the uh, the older generation, the boomers, if you will, they have stuff. They've got Alice's Restaurant. They've got, you know, they want to hear the, the gods at 5 o'clock or they want to hear yeah. the kings or, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, they yeah, have yeah. these traditions. And I think Gen Xers, they, we, need a, we need some traditions, especially... Uh, the guys and gals here in Central Ohio, and I think that'll be a yeah. good one to start. That'd be great at QFM. I would, I would Don't be, you think, man? Oh, I'd be Don't honored. you think, man? I'd be honored. So there we yeah. go. That's what we're doing. And I've got uh, guitarist Rick Soga here with me in the Hawks Nest. Tell the Eddie you just before we get into the Gimme Five. <laughs> all right. And uh, by the way, this is uh, Mike and Bill. These are my neighbors. Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. Can I? Yeah. Yep. 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 So I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. You ever been to Thurman's? Yes. Thurman Cafe. Yeah. That's him right there. You're Thurman. That's the man. Hi. That's the man. Oh yeah. My God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His it. parents started it, so Holy. he is the main man. Yeah. Had many, many, many great times mm -hmm. in that restaurant. Well, in what's bar. funny is on this show, you'll just we're recording, and there'll be people in here, and all of a sudden you hear hunt, hunt, and they're like, "Hey, there's somebody else." Like, <laughs> hey, that's Mike from Thurman Cafe, <laughs> and there he goes. He's been on this show. He's probably been on this show more than a lot of that's people. Great. Just you hear us. Yeah, we, exactly, and he has appeared on the show as okay, well. But yeah. but as far as just hearing just him honk, down. yeah. <laughs> so, but guys, that we and it's the thing, man. People just they drop in, they drop out, and it's kind of fun. Fu it. Yeah, right. It's yeah. kind of a, it's, and that's how cool the neighborhood is out here. We'll and, yeah, no kidding, right? That's right. And we that's the thing for those we record shorts. these on Wednesdays. It is it's still in the seventies. Now it's supposed to get. We're supposed to have rain tomorrow. It's supposed to cool down a little, but this is like everybody's out tonight. This is our man. first. 70s, everybody's yeah. out tonight. So I want you before we get into this week's Gimme Five and mm -hmm. run through the Hard Rock uh, headlines. I want you to tell the Eddie Van Halen story, the one. And the thing was, I was like, oh, Soga, I yeah, yeah. I, yeah, exactly. You yeah. guys want to hear this? And I said, uh, Soga, you going to tell your your Van Halen story? And he goes. Which one? I'm like, gosh darn it, man. Yeah, yeah. Tell me the one. Tell me the one where you're at at 5150 Studios yeah. and then he comes uh, from behind. Oh, yeah. Guys, go ahead and have a so, seat. Sit. <laughs> grab, a, grab a seat. You need a beer? Uh, grab that one. That didn't sound that sound. Okay, so. Uh, no, what, what did I say? <laughs> he comes from behind. What did I say? No. He came from behind. You're right. It's <laughs> yeah, it's probably not. Yeah, you're right. That's not the right the story. That's a whole way she goes. Yes. 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 So, I'm sorry. So, but uh, I don't. So my, my buddy Chad Stewart was doing a record with. Um, 
with uh, Matt Brook, which is uh, Eddie's was Eddie's business partner at the time. He was his his, his uh, guitar tech, but right. now he runs EVH. He literally runs it with Wolfpack. Oh, wow. So uh, they were in a band together, and he was doing a record at fifty one fifty. And so Chad called me up and said, "You'd never guess where we're doing a record." And I was like, "Where?" And he goes, "We're going at Eddie Van Halen's house." And I was like, "You got to be shitting me!" And I'm the biggest fan. Well, I, I, mean, I know. I know. I know. Uh, no. No. I'm not a, no. I'm, I'm not a dude. Not a, you know, someone says uh, Van Halen to me. I think of you and Rick Martellino. Yeah. Those are the two cats I think yeah, of. Just, Those are the two cats I know. Them. I know. They were just everything. And so uh, he knew. Chad knew. So Chad. First thing Chad said was, uh, uh, "We're doing a record at the house." And he goes, "We're allowed to bring a guest." If you no. want, to, if you want to come up, so no. so he goes, um, and I go, and I saw. So at the time, I was living with, with with one of my buddies, and uh, he was he was he worked for Chase Bank, and so I told him the story, and my buddy goes, "This is pre 9-11. So he was like, he's like, uh, um, "I'll give you my my flight vouchers. You can just you can take all my points and just go ahead and fly out to L.A." And he, and I go, I go, I, no, I, you don't understand. I want to go tomorrow. Like I'm right now before something happens right, and right, changes. Right. Anyway, long story short, he gives me the he gives me the uh, the points. I fly out to L.A. I have I have uh, lunch down down at the bottom of the hill. We go up Coldwater Canyon. I got a great video of it. We're going up Coldwater Canyon. Got this video camera running, and it's going up the hill, and we're going around, and we go right to Eddie Van Halen's house, and he taps the he taps the the door, and you hear this this guy's voice say fifty on there, and he goes, "Hey, it's Chad," and the gates open, and we're driving past the mansion what are you thinking dude so good come on freaking mind come on yeah losing my mind so we go up there and we go in there and we walk we go by there he's got this golf cart and it's painted like van halen golf cart he's got all these golf clubs kind of like my table yeah 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 he's got the golf clubs everywhere it's just like you know it's just like and then he's got the cars and there he's got his truck there that's painted you know van halen paint on the truck and we're we we pull up there and a matt greets us at the door and and we go into the studio and we walk in there and i'm fucked I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm, di- yeah. I'm dying. And so we're like sitting there and then I, I went to the lounge area and I kind of sat down there and he's got all these videotapes and they've got like, you know, just like a, a lounge yeah. would have, um, you know, they've got everything there and I'm just kind of looking around freaking out, you know? And then, uh, he's Matt, Matt says, Hey, do you want to go look at some of the guitars and some of the stuff? And I go, yeah. And so he <sighs> takes me upstairs and we go up into the, um, like there's an attic type area. And at that point they were just starting to log in every guitar he owned and kind of put it into right. like a uh, barcode system or, you know, <laughs> so they're like, that's how right. it was. It right. was just, he was right. just this rock star that had all this gear and he right. didn't then. And that was like, we are labeling and you know, right. he's going to have a record where everything is. And it was, he was starting to get that, that point in, in his career, I guess. And, and so I'm looking at these guys, he's got the, the Van Halen shirt that's on the wall. He had it, he had it, uh, uh, tacked onto the wall, you know, the very first Van Halen shirt with the, what goes down yeah, the side. Yeah. He had that on the wall and he had like, you know, he had pictures and stuff. And then we start looking at all those guitars. And then, so then we go back downstairs. He's like, let's go into 50 and look in the studio. And we walked into the studio and all the guitars are there. He's got, everything is out. And he's, he's like, and I was like, oh my God. And he goes, you know, if you want to jam on some of the stuff, go ahead. I mean, you know, and they had mics up and stuff for the band that was recording. Right. And I saw like the Holy Grail Marshall amp and I was like, oh my God, I got to get a picture with that amp, you know, and uh, can't take this picture. And he's got the, the Frankenstein guitars sitting there and I go up there and I mm. put my hand around it and just kind of 
pick it up and it's like you know can i you know yeah. you know look well, yeah. at it. he goes yeah yeah it's cool you know matt was cool and they pick it up like, yeah that's great barely played anything on it then i picked up another guitar and then i, I was like kind of playing it and then i started getting kind of relaxed it was like well, yeah hey, is eddie here and he goes no no ed's down he went to pick up his son and, and he went to stop at staples or something like that and i was like <laughs> oh, okay so i'm not now i'm I, now I, I, i'm at this man's house you got and some he's freedom not now right? yeah he's not there right? so i start playing all these guitars and i'm jam jamming out on this guitar that had this little speaker in it and 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 uh you could make it a distorted sound or you could make and you right. didn't need an amplifier it's in the guitar right and i'm going this thing is awesome and so i'm playing it and then and, and i hear this this voice and i think it's matt and he goes what do you think of that guitar and i and i was like i go oh man this thing is great it's cool and he goes you want to buy it and then i looked up to him and i go are you serious and it was eddie van halen over my shoulder okay and i go <laughs> Man, my heart so just good. dropped, and he goes, "Hi, I'm Ed," and I go, "I know, I know who you are. Yeah, I'm Rick, just some stranger in your house playing your gear. Wow. Yeah, and I was like so scared. He was gonna go, "Who the fuck are you in my house?" You know, right? But no, no. hand was out. I'm Ed. I was like, I know. And then I was like, my name is Rick. And he's like, he's like, so Rick, how do you know, how do you know, uh, how right. do you know Maddie? And I was like, oh, I through Chad. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. And then we started talking about gear. And I was like, this guitar is cool. And I go, are you serious? It's for sale. And he goes, I'm just fucking with you. He's like, that's not for sale. <laughs> yeah. So we, Damn. we talked and then he gave me a bunch of strings. And he, like when I, he gave me a set list. He gave me strings. He gave me all this stuff. And every time I turn around, Eddie would have something else to give me. He goes, here, take this with you. Just throw it in the car. Just throw it in the car. And I'd go put it in the car and I'd come back and he'd go, ah, you find something else. Here's some picks. And it was just so nice. Dude, it was just great. Be honest with me. Yeah. More impressive. 5150 Studios or the Hawks Nest? Ah. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Wow. Where's, yeah. Take a look, man. Yeah. Take a look around, yeah. man. Yeah. Take Tell it in. Me. Tell me. Take it in. Tell me. <laughs> oh, Rick. Yeah. Thanks, brother. That's Thanks for sharing story. that again. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, oh. so the next time you're in, you got to tell some of these other ones too. I yeah, mean, I didn't know other, that. There's some other great ones. Yeah. Uh, give me five. The latest in hard rock news and what's being cranked here in the garage. So I'm just gonna throw these mm -hmm. stories out mm -hmm. and then we'll comment. Okay. So here we go. Number five, and let's let's get this one out of the way because this is this. You know, I've had buddies text me in the last 48 hours, and they're like, dude, I'm not over this yet. Yeah, this yeah. is really, it shakes you. Uh, the shocking death of Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins. And Hawkins died at a hotel in Bogota, Colombia. On Friday, March 25th, local officials said an ambulance was sent to the hotel after a man reported having chest pains. 50-year-old Foo Fighters drummer did not respond to resuscitation uh, efforts and was declared dead, city's health department said. And then from the Foos, uh, they just recently put out a statement. It says, we're sorry for and, and sharing the disappointment that we're, uh, we won't be seeing one another as planned. Instead, uh, let's take this time to grieve, to heal, to pull our loved ones close, and to appreciate all the music and memories that we've made together uh, with love, Foo Fighters. And that was the end of their, of their statement. So, I, it, man, it just, I, man, it, it, I think it's shocking because he seemed so full of life. Yeah. I think that's the thing. And I had another friend text me and he's like, man, he goes, it's really, it's kind of scary. What a, and we don't know the story, right? We don't know what's going on, but he's like, it's kind of scary to think about what a, what a smile can, can hide. Yeah. You, you, you know what yeah. I mean? Robin it, it's, Williams. It's just, you, and we don't, like I said, we don't know the story and we don't know Taylor, but you, things keep popping out. You hear, you hear different things and it's just, 
Man, it's just, it sucks, yeah. man. It's just so full of life. So yeah. full of life. Do you think the Foo Fighters will continue? You know, that's a great question. I've talked to a lot of my friends about the, you know, what, where, where they are with this and like this kindred spirit brothers, you know, it just seemed like they, I don't know so how close. And, yeah. Well, you know, we've lived through some major deaths in, in rock and roll. You and I have, yeah. cause I remember my very first death in rock and roll was uh, John Bonham. I remember being a little kid right. and then somebody going, Hey, the drummer for like, they never regrouped, you no, know, they never no, did. No. They did some shows together Two two guys, three guys left, but they never really fully got back together. And then when, when, uh, the big one for me was, was when, uh, Bon Scott passed yeah. and that was, a, that blew my mind too. I mean, this is, it, but, the, and, but the equivalent, the, it is. Oh, without a doubt. And the for, thing is, I think the Foo Fighters had the longevity. I mean, they've got the library, they've got the career where some of these bands, well, like Zeppelin, they had been there, done that. And what else was there to conquer? Yeah. Whereas ACDC still thought they had. Ooh, there was still a, you, you know a lot mean? of gas in that tank. And they were right. And they were right. There was with a lot of gas black. in that tank. Yeah. And I think I think Led Zeppelin probably would have been able to. I mean, they just back. I remember listening to QFM and and they were playing that uh, In Through the Outdoor record like, you know, like crazy. And right. then he died on that tour, right? It was right. on that tour. I, I think so. I think so. Well, yeah, it was, I, it's, yeah because then Coda they came out. Right, right, that, right, right, right. Yeah, they. Yeah, they, 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 I think that's where they were uh, on, at that point was touring on that record. So, you know, when, when he died, they were kind of, not that they weren't not at their peak, they were right. Led Zeppelin for God's sakes. But anyways, getting back to the Foo Fighters yeah, is, is just, that you just kind of wonder what, what, uh, okay. So first part of it is, is we don't know how the, the poor guy passed no, away, we don't. But, the, but the second part of that, that, that story is, is that you just kind of, you know, you wonder how, uh, their how their career was going was so strong they're literally doing movies they yeah. were like doing everything yeah. but a morning cartoon right. they they were there well, you see the, the, their last show in argentina and when he does when he does and i think they did that here as well but in, in columbus but where they do the somebody to love and all oh, you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like yeah. and you got hundreds He's of the thousands only that is as popular as the lead singer right and you got hundreds of thousands of people just chanting yeah. You know, Taylor, and, and it just it just seemed like he was on top of the world, man. I, I just, it sucks because, man, once you, once you get to a certain point in life, it's, you know, he had a family, yeah. and he had everything. There was nothing he wanted. You know, there's two it ways just, to look at this, depending I, I on I how know. this it's, poor guy went. We don't went. know, and we don't right. even know. That's there's two ways to look at it, but the there's, there's right the now. Ted Nugent way, you know, the Ted Nugent, Gene mm -hmm. Simmons way of mm -hmm. looking at being a musician a bit of a, and stuff. Little bit of, yeah. And then there's the, you know, the the, the Joe Perry, uh, you know, uh, Steven Tyler way of looking at it is going, hey, it's rock and roll. You know, it's right. rock and roll. That's what he did. He drank. He he was known to have partied. He's in that camp. And then there's the Ted Nugent camp that's just like one. What do you need that for? Right. Look where you are. Right. Look who, how many. It's such rarefied air to get to that to world where they that were. those guys to were, and to even it chance it makes it even like I know. You, you just go in, well, in Colombia. Mm -hmm. In Colombia. Well, <sighs> number four. We'll there. I know, man. Number four. Skid Row has a new singer. All right, this dude was, and I say kid because he's young. Uh, he was on Swedish Idol. He was in a band called Heat. He's a cancer survivor. Oh, wow. Uh, new Skid Row vocalist, uh, Eric Grunwell. Uh, and, he, and check this out. They have actually started the, the new chapter with this guy. Uh, the Gang's All Here is the new song that they released with oh. him. I found this interesting. He says he met his bandmates in person for the first time 
four days before they played their first show together. And he he did uh, 18 in life, I guess, on oh. the Swedish Idol. And, and here's the thing. He sounds amazing. And this first show was at Planet Hollywood on the 26th of March when they opened for the uh, Scorpions in their Sin City Nights residency there at Planet Hollywood. Oh. So this guy meets them four days before that. They play the show. And here's here's my only thing, because it's an amazing story. Yeah. He's a really, really, really good singer. Yeah. And it sucks that they didn't kind of find him after all after everything they've been through yeah. trying to oh yeah to, to you know what i mean well they had that johnny Sollinger for years well, yeah but it just never it, and then he passed away yes yeah, and, passed. and then this most recent guy it's just it's it, yeah it's it, been a mess for them trying wait, to why find can't somebody they just else get that band back together and make you know what does make that, a lot of people happy you know, i just <laughs> i mean what, what does that say and from everybody i've talked to the guys in skid row are really really nice yeah. dudes they're yeah. really cool so sebastian it was, you know, I don't know, man. You, you Sebastian's know, the hard part about that story was that that uh, or the 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 the, uh, the wild story that that I heard on the inside about that that breakup was that Bon Jovi owned a lot of that uh, right. the recording and stuff. So their their point deal was so bad that uh, Sebastian Bach wanted more money. Like he was like, it's not fair. You guys are taking, you know, Bon Jovi's management company was taking all the money. So that's part well, of the reason. Here's the thing: he he is an amazing singer. This yeah. uh, Grunwell. I've got to hear he, it. He's is really, he, really is, good. Is he but like... here's the thing. Here's the thing. And it's it's a great story, but it he's like, you could tell he was amped. So hope, I don't know yeah, if that's yeah, going to yeah. settle down <laughs> at all, but he was very excited to have had the gig. Be up there. But it was, is he the same, like, is it the same type of thing as the guy from Journey? He sounds just like Steve Perry? But Does not, he sound like Sebastian? No. No? no. Okay. But, but okay. he hits it. He yeah. hits it. He hits what he has to hit. Yeah. Okay. And All he's right. a really good singer. I but I don't, I just don't know what to think. Like, I'll go see it. I mean, what's that tell you? I mean, if, if, if like, yeah. if, I guess you get to a point where you have enough money and the guys in Skid Row might have enough money that they just, honest to God, don't want to deal with Sebastian's bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Sebastian a couple years ago before things got squirrely. Yeah. And he sounded great, I thought. He was great, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, number three, Nikki Six says Motley Crue hasn't rehearsed in nine years. <laughs> Do you want me to read the rest of this oh, story? Yeah, the greatest. yeah right. Yeah, so yeah. I, I just, I it doesn't shock greatest. me, right? Right. I mean, so, I, last time I saw them, it sounded like you know they could probably use a little bit of, you know, some some, some uh, yeah. Some well, I saw Vince time. at the casino. Oh yeah, here just a couple months ago. Yeah. And I look, he looks better. He sounds okay at times mm -hmm. but i just how are they going to pull this off on a stadium tour Ooh. and that kicks off june 16th in atlanta we better so, catch that show because i don't know how long it's gonna go dude, i used I to just, do that with van halen shows like you better went up with david lee roth thinking we better go to the early shows because we don't know how long it's how gonna long, do it boom. blows up we yeah. don't know you never knew mm -mm. so I, I was going to read that whole thing and nikki was talking about how like they've taken seven years off right yeah. since their last show and then two years before that, they did the farewell. So he's combining those years and okay. saying, look, we haven't rehearsed. We haven't worked together. And I, Does it say that they are currently rehearsing? Or he, just... he says they're going to. Okay. <laughs> he says they're going to. I don't, know if, I don't know if they've watched I, any tape on Vince or uh, what they think they can do. I just... Yeah, I, I saw Vince play uh, a couple summers ago, but the guy had the biggest grin on his face. And he, he seems was happy, people man. He's like, you know what? He... He didn't say, yeah, dude, he wasn't, he wasn't Freddie Mercury in 83. Yeah. So, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do we expect? But he really there? seemed to be happy to be there. And I, right. that, that, that makes up for a lot, you know? 
Well, he's it, not phoning it in. Here's he was, the thing, man. Like Def Leppard, Joe Elliott has really turned things around in the last 10 years with his voice. He sounds amazing. Yeah. Is there anybody that works harder than Brett Michaels? No. And and no. Joan Jett is going to bring it every night. So yeah. it's... Yeah. Mm, yeah. Come on, Nikki. I know. You got to figure this out, man. There's just something cool about that band, you know? Oh, they I just, loved they got, Crew, you know, man. The I loved are, Crew. You think about a summer night and then the lights are just, I mean, the sun's just starting to go mm-hmm. down and then you get the, mm-hmm. you get Motley Crew, you know, you get Motley Crew going on and then you got your Def Leppard. So, uh, number two, Joey Kramer to sit out the Aerosmith 2022 Las oh. Vegas residency. Aerosmith drummer uh, Joey Kramer will not be joining his bandmates on stage. The drummer has, and this is quote, regrettably made the decision to sit out the band's concerts uh, concerts in 2022 so he can focus his full attention on his family during these uncertain times. End of quote. That comes uh, from Aerosmith in a statement uh, to the USA Today. So, huh. Well, you no, know, they, they gave him the kind of gave him the shaft there a while back. Well, it's those. not the first time. So it yeah. goes on to say Kramer has been sidelined. Uh, the drummer sat out several months, uh, several months, I should say, of the band's residency in 2019 due to an injury. Aerosmith uh, then voted to exclude Kramer for oh. their performance at the 2020 Grammys, if you remember that, yeah. claiming he was not fit to perform. Uh, their drum tech, John Douglas, filled in then. He's going to fill in now. Oh. Kramer, in turn, if you remember that whole thing, he's sued his bandmates for the right to be reinstated as their performing drummer and yeah he, he lost corp- that by the way they're a corporation though well they are yeah they're they not are. They're, it's a corporate decision at that point I want to see Joey Kramer though with them don't you him. I love him all those kids I don't want to see a piece missing but I, I'm surprised they're still even playing I thought they were going to do the Fenway show in yeah. Boston and that was going to be it but to be, I'm surprised the, we're getting that to, residency to be a, a musician and have the lead singer be a drummer and a great drummer I mean, Steven Tyler's a great drummer. He's he, he's fantastic to have to have. I mean, he probably rode that guy so hard, yeah. and he rides him, and he's got a certain thing he's got to hear. So, having him sit out right. was probably one of those decisions that Tyler was like, "Nope." Number one on the Gimme Five, it was the Gimme Five last week, and we're going to discuss again because I, I think it's a huge, a huge show that's coming, and and I've got a guitarist on the show with me here, Soga. So yeah, why not? Michael Shanker announced yeah. an MSG Fall Tour. He's going to make a stop in Columbus in October at the King of Clubs. Tickets on sale now. I grabbed mine. Yeah, it's going to sell out yeah. soon. There's yeah, already yeah. parts that have already sold out. So let's talk Michael Shanker, uh, sure. Soga. Um, just some things I was going to throw out. Uh, I said, hey, man, think of some of your favorite riffs. I, I wrote down, with UFO, I wrote down Dr. Doctor. I'm a huge UFO guy. Uh, with the Michael Shanker group, MSG, I wrote On and On, yeah. which I love that yeah. song. And then also at MSG, but it was the, the Macaulay and Shanker yeah. group, I, I wrote down Anytime because that was a big radio hit as well. Yep. And then don't forget the work that he did on the Scorpions Love Drive album. Uh, I just coast to coast. I was just writing down notes as I was oh, yeah. thinking out loud. Uh, are you a Shanker guy? Do you absolutely? Like to- I my brother was a huge UFO fan. As as a, you know, my brother, my older brother used to listen to uh, uh. the UFO records and. I mean, that guy was like, what? The, you can't get much better than Michael Schenker. That I mean, band, he though. just freaking incredible. That UFO band. Is, UFO was, it was incredible. I mean, that, just like the, the, the Love to Love and so it's like those, oh. those kind of songs, are just like ridiculous. I, I think the reason I, I highlight it again this week is it, it's just, he's such an influence. And you think about the guys that we grew up like. I mean, think about this, gang. Schenker, I mean, and, and, 
UFO to a certain extent, but there, I mean, there's no Maiden, there's no Def Leppard. There's, uh, you, you think about the guys that he influenced as far as with that V and stuff and, 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 yeah. and just the look that he had. Uh, you know, we always say tone and feel on the show, but my God, that that that's a signature sound. Yeah. I mean, no Metallica. No, I mean, there's no Kirk Hammett. There, there's no Dave Mustaine. Well, there's no Metallica if there's yeah. no Dave Mustaine. And yeah. I mean, and he drinks at the the trough of of Michael uh, Shanker. Michael, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just I, I think it's cool to have him back again. Boy, he's a piece of work. I would love to meet you. Met him. I I interviewed him once. <laughs> I swear to God, I have the interview, and I asked him. Like one question, and then he just he talked for like fifteen minutes straight, like oh. like, and I didn't even know what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> but I let it go. I was like, oh my god, this is cool as hell. I'm talking yeah. to Michael Shanker, and yeah. but it was it was. I still have it, and I'm always like, what should I do with that? Should I I'd love play? to hear it? I'd yeah, oh, it's it's it. a trip. Yeah, it's a trip. Throw it on YouTube as I, an interview. I mean, right? They, uh, people no would love to the see way things are now. Just put it yeah. up and let it ride. Let oh it ride. My God, yeah. Well, because he went through a really really hard time there. There was a period in the '90s, I believe, where he kind of went off the rails, and then he was like selling his gear and he was living wow. out of a hotel. Well, and he was having a real. I mean, it was a really sad story. And Guitar World wrote this article about this this uh, uh, journalist that went out to this area that he was living in Arizona or something and he was living in a hotel. He had yeah. sold all his guitars. He did like, it was really desolate. Time. The whole UFO story is just, yeah. it'll, it'll I mean, get you. He, he has those moments where he just flakes out. And so after the live album, he, he, he leaves the band, right? Mm -hmm. So he, he's done with the band. He goes and, and helps the Scorpions, helps his brother and those guys with Love Drive, yeah. right? Killer. So, and they had jabs, uh, Matias, at that yeah. point. They send, like, Matias packing yeah. again, right? And then Michael flakes out flakes again, out on there. and he's gone. And then they bring Jabs back, and it's just like well, he played those those. Oh that my god, dude, coast to coast, and ridiculous. I mean, a love drive I, itself, yeah. and then I mean, Holiday and the solo on that, oh. and just well, Michael Schenker, like the thing about his guitar playing is is or not even the guitar playing, it's just sound everything yes. so simple. It's just a marsh. I mean, as a guitar player, right. it's just a Marshall, a wall pedal, a delay. And that's it. And that guy was just, I mean, I watched that guy play on almost every tour that he's ever went through. Uh, came through, all, I saw UFO way back. And the guy, it's like, as a guitar player, you're like, where's your big pedal board? And I said, nothing. Just a wah pedal or a right. delay pedal that was like knit with it. That's all he and needed, that's it. And, and, and on top of that, barely uses his pinky. He plays with three fingers. He barely uses his pinky, which is like, you know, that is like, you know. Do you, do you know there's a story out there, and I think I brought it up on this show, and I, we've got to get to our, our rehash. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you got into this and was talk, talking Absolutely. about Shanker. I'm glad. Huge fan. Um, Shanker claims that, and I think this was also, he was claiming this when he was on this press tour that I talked to him about. I didn't even get a chance to ask him that. But, you know, he, he says that he was in the running before Ronnie Wood as far as in the stones. Wow. <laughs> so I, I, I don't, you know. Yeah. I, uh, anyway. Could you imagine? I, I, I don't. What kind he, of band he, that would be? Yeah. And, but here's the thing. You don't know what, you don't know what to take yeah. from yeah. him, and I don't know what's, what's true and what's not. And, and honestly, did he, he said, from what I remember, all right, and don't quote me. Well, you're going to quote me yeah. on this because we're recording this, but I, I want to say he said – that at that point he would have been a part of the Rolling Stones. He wanted to be Michael Shanker. 
And that's part of the reason with the UFO trouble. He wanted to be his own yeah. thing. Yeah. He wanted to be, you know what I mean? He didn't yeah. want to be the dude in UFO. He didn't want to, he wanted to be Michael Shanker. He, was, he didn't he want was, to be in the Scorpions. He, he was so wanted, hard yeah. to be dependable on as far as being a fan. He was so de- hard to be dependable. I saw him play at the Al Rosa. I saw him play at the Al Rosa, and I remember just being like, I can't believe Michael Schenker. He was so bigger than life for me at that time that you right. would never imagine him playing into a bar. Or, you know, or, you know a, lot of, a lot of these bands are, are feeling that, that crunch where all of a sudden they, they break off in the band, and then they end up playing well, these little clubs. So get your ticket so we can do that. I got it. Oh, you got your ticket, I got right? It. I right? Just, That's the thing. I Everybody want... I talk to, they're going. They've got it, and I keep waiting. We're going to get that low... Amount of tickets. You're going to see that when yeah, the King yeah. of Clubs puts oh, no, that I update up. I like got... all the VIP went like that day and like everything is selling oh, yeah. out. That's what a yeah. night that's going to be, man. I got, listen, man, I'm going to hit you up on it. If there's a chance to meet him, I'm going to hit you oh, up on it. Okay. I, oh, yeah, but how was Ingve? I did. I did not go to Ingve. Okay, I didn't go to Ingve because Ingve is really. I mean, there would be no Ingve without Michael Shanker. I mean, I, that, that, again, that neoclassical stuff. All absolutely, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> all Crazy. right. Uh, this is a segment we call Garage Days Rehash. All right, and this is, and this, and then we'll we'll say goodbye after this. But I want you to hear this, Sogan. This is a good six minutes long, but this is well worth it. So this week's Garage Days Rehash. South of Eden drummer Tommy McCullough. He told a hilarious Machine Gun Kelly story back in season one. This is my second season with, oh, nice. uh, with, uh, with Ground Chase. Yeah, they brought us back. I'm yeah. lucky. I was, <laughs> I they, 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 they bought us after the pilot, and then we got to hang up. So here's Tommy McCullough telling a hilarious Machine Gun Kelly story. Your Aftershock story. Tommy McCullough, South of Eden. Let's hear it. <clears throat> so we go to the green room area, which is dope, by the way. Aftershock, and and what part, what? Sacramento. Oh, Sacramento. Yeah, Sacramento, California. And so we, uh, we we go to the backstage area, and the dressing room that we have is directly next door to MGK. Oh, oh my God. Is this the, now is this the show? Did you already get told this story? No, no one's told me this. And that was, so this was at Aftershock when he gets... Right, with all the shit with Corey Taylor and all that, all the Slipknot fans. Wait, what? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, that was, that was, no, 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 that was way before. Um, The beef. You had beef before. Dude, dude, they, he, he attracts beef, dude. (laughs) He's pulling beef on Corey Taylor and Eminem, man. Like, like, I I refuse, I refuse to comment on MGK. All right, but but the new hashtag is he, hashtag he attracts beef. (laughs) He attracts beef. He is a beef. Magnet, dude. Okay. <laughs> Ohio people, because sometimes are we we attract a lot of beef too. Yeah, I know, bro. I'll go for it. Specifically from I know. Yeah, go for know. it. Like Pat and Bob. <laughs> so our our dressing room is right next to MGK's. Okay. And so we're outside. I'm smoking. We're hanging out. Um. And there's this girl that is like way too young to be back here, like hanging out, and she's like shooting volleyball with people. So she's going around and just like hitting volleyball back and forth, whatever. Well, I I fucking love volleyball. Okay. I am the least athletic person that you'll ever meet, but I fucking, I go hard for volleyball. Okay, cool. Very Love it. And dodgeball, of course. Right on. So, Uh so we're standing out there. This was after our set. And have you seen those brown corduroy bell bottoms I wear? Uh, yes, you have, you have more than one pair. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Team, so <laughs> I'm just throwing that so, out there. So, set the scene. I'm in these brown corduroy bell bottoms they got bought last Christmas. 
they may be a little too tight nowadays. Okay. I'm working on it. So, <laughs> right on. So right don't on. judge me. You're crab anyway, counting. So, so, so we're, we're all hanging out at, like out in the smoking area. <laughs> and uh, so this girl who I come to find out is MGK's daughter. Right. So that's why she's hanging. what? MGK's daughter. Okay. So that's why she's hanging out backstage. So she's going around playing volleyball with people and she comes up to me and she's like, hey, you like volleyball? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I like volleyball. Come on. So, so we start passing it back and forth. The very first thing that happens is I accidentally beam it directly at MGK's face. And he gets it. Like he, he intercepts it. Like it doesn't hit him in the face. But I was like, oh shit, you know, shouldn't have done that. Whatever. So we, we continue playing and she squibs one. And when I tell you that I went low, tell me this, why are you why are you trying to like dig and why are you doing all this stuff? Because I love volleyball. He loves volleyball. All I right. love I, volleyball. It's the first part of the story, Arch. Okay, Come I got on. it. He I loves love volleyball. volleyball. So she squibs one right to the dead center. I I go for it deep. I mean like mm-hmm. full mm-hmm. lunge, right? Mm-hmm. And I get the ball first off. Let let that be known. Congratulations. I, I make the fucking shot, right on, dude. No, I get you. And as I'm making the shot. Akin to a can of Pillsbury biscuits, my pants rip open from my fucking right kneecap all the way through my crotch to my left kneecap. I'm talking, they fucking exploded. Wow, dude. It's like twisted the biscuits, right? You twisted the biscuits, man. And I'm wearing my neon blue dinosaur underwear. Oh, it's the whole thing. So I go down, I hit- That's the way she goes. I feel the pop. I look up. There's MGK. Mm-hmm. There's his whole band. Right. There's his whole crew. There's all these other people backstage that I'm sure are famous, but I can't name just based off theirs. And I like look up, and the very first thing that goes through my head is like, oh shit. That was like right in front of his daughter. And like my undies are hanging out. So like, I don't know if he's going to be cool with this. That was like the first thing that went through. Right. But then like a split second later, <laughs> him and his whole fucking crew just started cracking up oh, thank to God. the point where they were oh, almost thank crying. Thank God. And Tommy. I like, I just, I look, what do you do in that? You know what I mean? Arch, what would you do? Like, I, like just full split. Full I don't know, split. man. There I don't was, know. Like, I, the same things you're saying are the th- same things that I would have. I want to make sure that her dad, who has his uh, crew with him. Yeah, they, every single one of them could beat my ass three times over, and there's like twelve of them. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Outnumbered. So I'm like, I'm like oh, by four, we're all all four, all four of us are outnumbered yeah. by three, yeah. and they're all could kick our ass. And so I, the first reaction was fear, and the second reaction was laughter. So then they laughed. Oh, everybody was fucking cracking up. So, so then he comes over, and uh, he, he's like— I mean, you were being cool to his kid, oh, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, and he, he comes over, and he's cracking up, and he's like, man, that shit was funny as fuck. Okay, he was well, like, cool. He was like, well, now I like MJ, MGK oh, a yeah. little bit oh, more he's, now. he's cool. He's seriously a really fucking nice guy. Okay, there you and, go. Uh, he's got, so, I'll tell you what, his old lady pretty, pretty nice, too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to get Justin back on the show to really go in on Megan. I never thought she was that hot. Uh, well, that's fine. I mean, I'm, dude. I just, I'll, I anyway. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. So I, so I split my pants, and I had the sudden realization that I didn't bring any backups. No, you didn't. Fact. Fact. Why, why would you go? Because I'm a, a fucking, fucking rock and festival. roller, dude. You're I'm wearing festival. brown You're bell bottoms. Why would I change my pants? I, I guarantee, fucking to you, Glenn Danzig's got more in one pair of britches. At the goddamn festival? Well, yeah, because he's touring with his entire wardrobe. I was touring with what I could fit in a fucking backpack. <laughs> so what'd you wear? So what'd you wear, okay, man? So I'm, I'm standing there, and so now, so now it's me, the rest of the band, and MGK with my pants, like, right split on, the fuck right open. On. We're talking. And I'm like, damn, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do for pants. So I'm, like, starting to, like, 
think and I'm like trying to like come up and finally like like this is just Ehab, and this is why we're friends. He let me simmer for a solid like three minutes. Which he, is had a long he had the answer. Long time in that. Ehab had the answer. Yeah, and he was like, "Hey, man, I brought some extra pants. We're the Aww. same size." And I was like, "You douche, give me these." Because I was like going, I was like, I was like, guys, I don't know what I'm gonna do for pants. And like Ehab was just standing there the whole time, knowing that he had pants. You're like, oh, <laughs> you're like Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers up there, bro. You go with a sock, and that's about it. it. Literally, it's all I had, dude. And uh, so yeah, no, Ehab caught me a pair of pants, and then we ended up hanging out uh with them uh but yeah really? that, that so was, that's like a whole other it, that that took a turn with mgk that i didn't think was gonna oh yeah he, he came over he smoked a blunt with us and Jesus. hung out and yeah right. he was cool all he was, right he well was you cool know shit. what maybe i fucking, mean we're all from ohio right on so maybe I mean? maybe slipknot's the one with the fucking problem man. i definitely am not gonna right? say that nor am i gonna say that eminem's the one with the problem <laughs> that is all their beef and not my beef all i can say is out of the three of them that i've met one of the, the mgk is cool there you go. That is a Garage Days rehash with South of Eden drummer Tommy McCullough. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you ever have a wardrobe malfunction? No, I'm all good. Soga? I'm all good there. <laughs> all, all good there. <laughs> uh, Soga, uh, Chuck and Bubba, man. What, what do you guys got planned as far as uh, spring and into summer? You guys are always out there, always busy. Yeah. Um, well, we got festivals. We got, uh, God, we got a bunch of things going on, but... Uh, we do a, a big things our charity. Uh, you know, we do right. the Buckeye Cruise Cancer. That's a big one. So we do I have a lot of shows we're doing for them. And uh, God, maybe maybe some openers. We don't know. Maybe we okay. can get into one of the, your your varsity club gigs. Yeah, you know, right on, brother. About it. So we you know, maybe see you guys out there. But yeah, it's uh, I'll be back. And then you know maybe I, I think we're gonna have some kind of a hopefully we're gonna do something. Uh, a remembrance for Joey here for the Ohio gotcha. people, and I'm um, trying to get my my uh, singer Tim Owings. Is he was a Shock Two member, and Martellino, yeah, and uh, Jim back, and maybe be able to do a show to kind of do a remembrance, and also just you know for selfish reasons, I just want to go up there and jam away, man. I want to anything out. that the, the gang at QFM can do. You know, we, oh, we'll, we'll help. You you're know, the we'll best. help. You know, we'll help. Thank you. So good, and thanks for sharing the stories. Yeah, it was just good, man. man. I'm glad you got to come out to the Hawks Nest. I and love it. My neighbors are gone. They came and went. But yeah, dude, that's the guy from Thurman Cafe. I love it. I spent so much time at Thurman's, oh, man. I, I mean, I haven't been there in a while, but uh, the last time that I went through there was a, my right pre, you know, pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The A1 burger is my favorite. I get the A1 burger <sighs> with an egg. <laughs> Just, yeah, dude, you're either yeah. in or you're out. Yeah. Soga, appreciate you, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hey, until the next episode of Garage Days, stay frosty. I'll have to check that out.